Hey everyone, it's Rob with four songs coming at you with another episode. I'm a little delayed with this one. You know, things happen, life gets in the way, and while I wanted to get this out a few weeks ago, I'm getting that out now, and hopefully this makes your weekend. I mean, of course, why wouldn't it? So again, remember to follow me on Twitter at four songs two, or I think I'm on Instagram now. I don't remember. There's so many things going on. That's hard to keep track of it all. But anyway, you can find me where you need me because obviously you're listening to this podcast right now. So hit that subscribe button. Anyway, I'm back with a great episode. I am, of course, always back with great episodes, but this one, as I say, this one's awesome. They are all awesome, and they all mean a lot to me, and they all do. And this one is no exception. I get to bring back Peter Argyopoulos. He was a lead singer, songwriter, rhythm guitar player for the L.A.-based punk rock band, rock and roll band, Sons of Silver. Peter's been on this show, gosh, four or five times now. He is a fantastic interview. And, you know, it's always great to bring back guests you've had before because, you know, the more you talk to someone, the more you get to know them, the better the interviews get. And this is no exception. So I don't need to give you the background about Peter or the band because, as I said, he's been on a number of times, but there has been some changes. And first of all, I do want to note that in the editing of this interview, I inadvertently cut out the part where Peter talks about the title of the band's most recent EP called Ordinary Sex Appeal. Peter was on the show almost two years ago to talk about that EP, which, again, was awesome. I loved it, and I hope you listened to it and loved it as well. But anyway, when early on in this interview, you'll hear Peter drop the, he mentions the last EP. Well, that EP was called Ordinary Sex Appeal. We're back to talk with Peter about the band's latest single called Tell Me This. Tell Me This has been out for a couple of weeks now, and it is lighting up the charts. He is getting great publicity and press, and I am just honored to be among them. There's been a major change in the band, though. As you may remember, Sons of Silver original drummer was a guy named Dave Cruzen. Now, Dave, as you may recall, was in a band in the early 90s. You've probably heard them before called Pearl Jam. Yeah, you know, small band out of Seattle. Had a few hits, whatever. Anyway, Dave has since left Sons of Silver. It was a mutual split, and the band succeeded him with a guy named Mark Slutsky. And as you'll hear in this episode, we talk a lot about the band's sound and how the band's sound has changed since Dave's departure and Mark's arrival. You know, we talk about the songwriting, of course, that's the core of the show. But as I said, we kind of geek out a bit. We talk about guitar gear and we talk, we go into the weeds a bit about, you know, it sounds generic and bland, but the band's sound. I mean, what does that, and what do we mean by that? What I mean by that is, if you listen to Ordinary Sex Appeal and then you hear Tell Me This, as a casual observer, you may not notice much. I mean, certainly I didn't really pick up on it. I felt there was a different energy, maybe, a little bit of more of a raw sound, but nothing that jumped out explicitly. And in talking to Peter, though, it became clear that, you know, this is actually a pretty radical departure. Because at his core, as we'll hear, Peter is a 70s punk rocker. That's right, The Clash, The Pistols, The Damned. X, you know, those great LA punk bands from the early 80s, late 70s. And you'll hear in some of Sons of Silver's earlier material, it's a bit slicker, it's a bit more groovy. And here, and tell me this, there's a raw energy to it that just hard to put your finger on it. But Peter walks us through it here. I'm very glad to kind of delve into that a bit because I don't do it a whole lot on the show. Usually we focus on the songwriting itself, but Peter indulges me. We, we go, as I said, into some, some geeky guitar gear discussions and 
just the way he went about setting the atmosphere and getting the right equipment to make this new album because there is a new album coming out in a couple of weeks months rather sometime this summer and tell me this is the first single so i've been going on long enough and i'm very pleased and honored to welcome peter audiopolis back to four songs hey peter how's it going it's good to see you again good to see you rob how you been Hanging in there, hanging in there. It's been a little quiet on my front on the podcast wise, but anyway, it's good to see you back in action. Yeah. Eagle and a new album, but it has been a couple of years. So what's going on? Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, it's been a busy couple of years. Obviously we released that EP. It, it, it did, it did well for us, but we couldn't get as much out of it as we wanted because we couldn't really tour to support it. Cause we were still um, in the aftermath of COVID. Although, um, interestingly enough, it, its streams have really started to go up in the last few months quite a bit. Uh, and then, you know, the music videos did well. So it, it really broke some ground for us, it can, or it can continue to break some ground and, and lay foundations for our current release, Tell Me This. In the meantime, our drummer, our original drummer, Dave Cruzen, left the band. Uh, that was about a year, year and a half ago. You know, a lot of that struggle of losing him is sort of built into to the current single as well as the upcoming album and it turned out to be a real blessing in disguise for for all of us including for dave dave was just tired of of being in a band not even just touring just uh even though we hadn't toured during toured during covid he was tired of of the commitment uh, he wanted to, to do some different things and and you know music kind of being in a band especially ties you up and we were very fortunate enough through the, the guy who mixed uh, Ordinary Sex Appeal, um, John Fields, to be introduced to two phenomenal drummers, Isaac Carpenter and Mark Slutsky. And, and we worked with both of them on this, on this album. And, and Mark Slutsky ended up uh, taking on, uh, you know, the official reins of being the drummer in the band. And it's it's been fantastic since then. He's been a real breath of fresh air, as well as honestly he's a he's a world-class drummer it just he's he's an amazing drummer and i don't mean just the way he hits the drums his his ideas his whole demeanor his approach his vibe he's just he he fits in so well with us we've we've been thankful every single day hmm. since uh, we met him and the only other thing was in my mind is i wanted to make it a more rocking record and and frankly when dave left it give it gave us the liberty to do that with Dave. We're more of a grooving band, you know. It's, it's rock and roll, but it's grooving in a sense. It's still a little more Rolling Stones ish. When Mark came in, it allowed us to do stuff that's a little more punk and rock. Which my my favorite stuff is. I'm I'm a I'm a punk rock guy, but like '70s punk rock or mm-hmm. or post punk, you know, like early U2 and uh, Clash things. Yep. Clash rock, obviously. <laughs> You know, and Mark comes from that too. Now he plays a lot of different things, but that's, he's like, you know, he's, he's a New Yorker. So he's like, I, it's like CBGB. I wish I could have yeah. been, you know, I was born when, when CBGBs was, was, was uh, closing down, so to speak. So that, that really helped. It, it reinforced that with me. And, and, and frankly, Dave had a lot of that in him too. It just didn't come out as strongly. So, so that allowed us to push things harder. And, and so what we did was, is those couple of weeks off, we, we, Cute, you know, we queued up a few ideas, and we really roll with it from there. We ended up recording the album, beginning recording in December of 2020. Finished. We actually finished up in like April. Wow. We we it's been sitting for a while because of strategizing for release times. Well, in the meantime, you know, it, it was it was a it was very arduous the recording process. I'll say, you know, basically. Um, the way we work is we work up as we 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 bring in the songs, pieces of songs, whatever it might be, come up with songs together. 
and we we work together to to flesh them out so we'll play songs over and over again review recordings of them be it at our recording studio or in rehearsal studio and just fine tune and fine tune and we, when we feel we have enough together we'll go in and record an album and or, or, or an ep in this case we were like wow well, we have an album's worth of material so let's do an album anyway so so once we got through that we were left with the mixing we uh you know we tried a few folks and decided to you know we were introduced to tim palmer I don't, I'm not sure if you or your mm-hmm. listener. Tim, Tim Palmer is uh, one of the most highly regarded rock mixers of the last 30, 40 years, and engineers and mixers, producers. He's done worked with that. He did Bowie's last three oh. albums. Uh, he, he mixed uh, Pearl Jam's 10. Uh, he's mixed tracks off. He's mixed for U2, some of their big hits. The, the cure the, the list goes on and on he's truly one of the tops and he was always you know on my short of shortest of short lists but almost in the untouchable range and uh we were introduced to him uh he really dug what he was hearing and he mixed a track said he was busy said he wanted to mix more so we had to stretch it out in the mixing process uh, over a few months but but he did a remarkable job not only with the mixing but also fine-tuning the songs adding just little extra textural guitars that are that are more than subtle in a couple cases they're significant some extra uh, keyboard little ideas and and uh, and i say a little not to minimize them but just as they're they're subtle but substantial you know and he's been very supportive so uh here we are finally our our new single tell me this just just dropped it's to, this this was a great weekend for us as things are going really well you know so yeah, so we'll get to tell me this in a minute. The the new album is coming out this summer. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, we're not exactly sure because uh, it's it, this day and age is kind of a, a make it up as you go, especially for a band in our position. We we figure we'll have at least two singles. Tell me this in another. It's a ten song album, uh, so we'll see. We're we're literally we're gonna again we're gonna make it up as we go. I mean, and make it up in the sense of just sort of feel it out. We'll have a new new single every six to eight weeks. You know, we're also waiting to to secure some some tour dates. That'll that'll help dictate you know when things drop. But but we're really excited that the feedback on the album from the folks who've heard it has been great, and the feedback on this first single is fantastic. So, you know, look, it's it's tough to be optimistic in this business yeah. when you're still getting your band off the ground. But in in this in this case, we're actually all going, huh? Okay, hmm. this awesome. is good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to talk to you on the hopefully on the beginning of the ladder and maybe uh, as this goes up we'll, we'll see where that goes but definitely love the new song and yeah it's interesting you mentioned the, the punk rock sound of the 70s punk because i was one thing i when i was listening to it it felt more raw does that make sense and yeah a little bit more i mean not i mean uh, i mean obviously i'm a big fan of your earlier stuff this definitely has a more of an organic feeling to it am i kind of off way off base there or do you feel that that way as well uh, well, first of all, it's great to hear. And thanks. You know, um, I, for me, you know, it, it feels like it's actually in some ways production wise, probably a little more polished, but polished in in creating the energy we want to create, which is that a raw sound. I mean, it's just it's a step up. And, and you know, I think we would have had that with the last uh, EP, Ordinary Sex Appeal, and even the first EP, Doomsday Noises, had we known ourselves a little bit better or, or as well as we do now. So that that had something to do with it. Um, you know, it takes time to find yourself and we're self-produced too, which, which has its pros and cons. It has its pros in the sense that you, you don't have to rely on other folks. It has its cons in the sense that you don't get that feedback. Sometimes you need 
push yourself and not that we don't push ourselves, but mm -hmm. maybe just for us, at least in the sonic level, but uh, Tim Palmer really helped push us. And, and we sought that out, you know, the sound and we were, we were, we, we even sought it amongst ourselves. I mean, for instance, there was one day early in the, in the overdub sessions uh, when uh, Kevin and I were just at the studio by ourselves working, getting some stuff set up. And I, I looked at him, I'm like, you know what we're trying to do, we are not going to get it with the guitar amps that we have. We're just mm -hmm. not going to do it. You know, so we're looking for this sort of ballsier sound and and we need, you know, uh, X, Y, Z kind of amp. And he's like, you know, you're right. Yeah, well, it's interesting because as a fan and, you know, I guess I don't, I don't consider myself a critic at all. But I mean, as someone who listens to a lot of music, I may not pick up on that. What you mean by that, you know, what a ballsier sound like what? How do you know when you found it? I mean, is it just kind of, you know, when you hear it and is it that simple or is it? Yeah, well, perceive that. It, it, yeah, you I mean you you kind of okay. You kind of know it when you hear it, but what you hear may not, or what you want may not always be appropriate for what you're trying to do. So, in in first case, you have to know in your heart what it is you're trying to achieve with certain a certain emotion that you're trying to achieve. That's the first thing, and that's that comes with writing a song, even finishing the song itself. Forget the production of it. You need to know have that sense of it's like a compass you know or, or or a flag post of what you're trying to do so so it's the same with the sound you know you're trying to create a feeling and then you set about searching for the ways and and generally if if you know a lot of guys will have their sound this is the way they set up their amp their the guitars they use the, their you know effects pedals and the likes of that and we we, we obviously do but we just wanted to change what we were doing a bit and so in that case it was trial and error we tried a few things to make sure it would work and sometimes in, in in some cases you know in a number of cases actually we would record the guitars get them arranged because recording the guitars to us or re-recording them uh you know if we're fine-tuning parts um is is a is a real it's a it's 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 very not want to say arduous but it's it can be very painstaking you know very it'll get a little tedious because Part of our thing is having these two guitars going on a little left and right, a little stonesy in that sense where they're sort of playing off of each other. So so it takes a little time to orchestrate and arrange that. We may, you know, we'll, we'll play things in, in rough form, lay it down and be like, okay, that's just right. And then the sounds come in and be like, no, we need to tweak this. So sometimes we'll canvas over something two, three, four times, record all the guitars, go, nope, not quite right. Do them all again. Nope, not quite right. Third time and in that process, we fine tune what our parts are, what our, our, uh, you know, the, the, the tones are. And likewise, I'm singing the song each time and, and what's, what's going down on guitars affects how I sing and, and vice versa. So, so it's, it's, it's a, it's draft one, draft two, revise, revise, revise process. And, and one needs to be willing to, you know, let go in that sense uh, during that process and not grip something so tight that they can't hold on that they they can't let go of it and, and they, at that point they get stuck but also one needs to have a that inside that compass i was mentioning that you you know the feeling you're going for mm -hmm. and and that's what that's what guides you and either keeps you going or tells you when it's time to stop hmm. well let's talk about the song as i said it, it's i love it uh it has that familiar riff you guys are a riff band i think uh, in terms of the you just talked about the interplay between the two guitar players and so how did you know, question I ask you all the time: How did this one come together? And this like, one started. This one started as a uh, an exercise riff, actually, right here in this this room that I'm in right now. 
I just sit in front of the TV at night and, you know, just play and, you know, practice some ideas. And, and it just, the riff came out there, da, 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 et cetera. And, and actually, I sat on it for a few months, and and you know, uh, brought it brought it to the band when Dave was right right before Dave left, and we bounced banged around on some ideas. At that point, I kind of came up with a chorus, basic chorus idea for it, and it was it was actually called "Now Hear This." I was trying to turn it into just one of my typical social political mm -hmm. understated rants, and uh, it's like kind of I think I was trying to like put politicians on notice, you know. And so, so anyway, but, but it just wasn't quite getting over the top. It was feeling a little middle of the road-ish. Um, so we shelved it, but we liked that riff and it stayed in the back of my mind. And the way we work is that we would keep all our ideas in a, in a master folder that everyone can access and, in, in, in whatever state they're in, you know, nearly finished, kind of finished, just starter stuff. And so that sat there in the middle. Fast forward. A uh, month, you know, a couple months and actually a few months and and we were in the middle of rehearsals with Mark and this song was still in the back of my mind. So I, I messed around with some more ideas, you know, thinking about what we had done together, that little bit we had done. And, and I brought it in near the end of rehearsal. Mark instantly was like, hey, what's this? I like this riff. And what's that, that, that chorus? I like the chorus. And boom, we just, we banged it out within know, 30 minutes, kind of, wow. you know, the basic form of what the song is and there's a lot of little subtle things in there that, that yeah. you know, may seem straightforward but they took some work to for us to put together and and you know it was a credit to the whole band and to to take to take something that we had worked on and sometimes it gets a little rough to rework on it uh and and still have the enthusiasm and also it was a real credit to to mark who saw the song for what it could be and really pushed really helped push it along but still keeping it kind of understated because we're never going to be a like bash hard hard band you know or a true punk rock band we just take those influences and he did that in a great way and and uh and and think you know it was also interesting because he he hit me up that night i think it was after that particular rehearsal and he's like you know i was listening to these uh rehearsal recordings and he's like I think this song could be a single. And he goes, that we could be friends. He goes, maybe we should call the song We Could Be Friends. Well, I don't know. And in the meantime, I had come up with the, the tell me this line instead, um, instead of the now hear this. And uh still didn't have any lyrics for it at that point, other than tell me this, tell me this. Um, is there anything at all I missed? I think that's all I had. So yeah, I mean, I you're talking about the, the subtleness of it. I mean, I think to me that the bass and rhythm, this rhythm section really Dude. drives and knocks this one down. The bass is badass. It's a whole rhythm section. Ba ba Adam's bass in this song is amazing. When you actually sit down and really let it hit you, I mean, especially when it hits that chorus, he's he's really cranking along and keeping the energy going.
it's interesting you mentioned that. That's 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 a good observation because when when Tim Tim Palmer was mixing it, he uh, I remember he commented to me. He's like, "Bass is great." You know, I really love the energy of it. He he really pushed it out front. It's, it's a it's a fine line with with bass, especially in in rock and roll, uh, and especially when it's a guitar centric band. Where, you know, it's 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 difficult to find the room for the bass, so to speak. But he did a great, great, great job in, in sculpting that and putting that out there. And, fr and frankly, Brina did an amazing job recording all this stuff because she l records everything. I mean, she she knows the tracks better than anyone. I mean, I'm I'm usually always there. Kevin's there most of the time. Brina's always there. You know, so she's except for maybe a, a, a note or two. You know, maybe a a bit of a of a guitar part or something she's there for everything so it's it's uh it's credit to both of them yeah so lyrically how did so you said this was going to be a, a political a, a peter-esque <laughs> uh doomsday noises slash ordinary sex appeal uh which again i, I we've talked to bad nauseum about that how much i really dig your lyrics but this is different it feels like and i kind of have yeah. a, a guess that this could be about the music industry Just uh no no it's uh you know what the song is it's it's a failure to achieve what i was really going for to be honest with you probably shouldn't say that about my own song no. but uh basically when it started as i mentioned earlier that it was now hear this i was you know it was a song that was meant to be uh about putting politicians on notice you know it's like we 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 we, we got you we know what you're up to and 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 we're gonna we're gonna uh come and get you so to speak and i don't mean get you like in a riotous kind of way just a legal or political way it's just an awareness kind of way. yeah punk rock kind of so way. yeah so anyway so that's what i wanted to do and then it changed into tell me this which is a little more understated and it was like it was meant to be tell me this tell me this you know do you uh do you really think i'm i'm, I'm not seeing what's going on or can you explain yourself on this so it was a somewhat uh, you know roundabout way of approaching the issue but in my mind that's still at where i wanted to wanted it to go and even lines like uh, uh was it last night i was how, how the lyrics go last night I was, about the smiths strap, strap the love bomb to your chest line okay So, so I was struggling with these lyrics, like, you know, and I, I just, I wanted to walk away from the song. Like there's no tomorrow. You know, I'm, I'm a big whiner when we really get into stuff. I complain when that's wine whiner with the W H not a W I N E R, you know? So, but uh, I hope people got that joke, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, you know, I'll complain, complain, complain. And, and, uh, and time was running out, you know, the, but the, the strap, the love bomb to the chest, it came from an idea I was working on was still based on the politics thing, which is that, you know, you see the, the politicians often now for the last number of years, wear those flag pins on their lapels. Yeah. Look, this is not a, a, a patriotic thing at all. It has, you know, I'm very happy where I'm from, thankful, proud, but I just, it really bothers me when I see everyone's got to wear their, you know, navy blue, you know, suit with their lapel, their flag lapel pin on, you know, it's, it bothers me. It's like, well, that's what you got to do to, to prove that you're, or to show that you're, you, you, you're, 
you believe in your community and, and the likes of that and your country, whatever it is. I mean, I hate to use those no, music, like, but it's just, it just kind of rubs me wrong, you know? And, and it's and, it, and also it feels like BS. It feels like yeah. total bullshit to me. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm a member. I'm, I'm a good guy now because I strapped this on. So I was trying to write it around those things. So I wrote a bunch of lines for that from the, the rainbow line and, uh, you know, it's like, oh, they're always seeking the pot of gold at the end, these guys and and all these lines. But it just wasn't happening. I couldn't I couldn't make it emotionally happen. And so some something led me down the path of writing it more in a, a, a crazy, uh, crazy ex, ex love, ex person, you know, person in your life type of way. And the lyrics came out fast and, and, you know, and I, frankly, I was like, well, it's not normally my kind of song or our style of song, but, but everyone seemed to dig it. So I ran with it and I was just missing though, some zest. So I sang down the, the, the track and was still not satisfied. And that's where the line, uh, you know, do you recognize my ass on your lips came from, which I thought was kind of ridiculous in a humorous way. But but I sang it for Brina, you know, she I, I I was at the studio early working on lyrics and she comes in and I sing it for her. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, actually, it was a few lines and I, I I was trying a few different lines and it was among them. And and she was like, no, you need to go to that line. Then Kevin shows up while I'm doing the vocal. He's like, are you kidding me? He's hmm. like, yeah. So then we call our our our, our manager, marketing guru, uh, Rob, uh, Rob Gordon, who, uh, who handles our affairs at Universal and then some. And I was like, look, man, I mean, is this, is this too crass? And he's like, it's rock and roll. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, I just, you know, it's just like, I'm, it's, I'm just being honest with you. That's not my way my mind works. So now I love it. It's fun. You know, we uh, we went with it and it's the only it's frankly, almost all the other songs are back to the social political thing. Mm -hmm. So this is it drew its inspiration there. It just didn't 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 make its way there. But it was, you know, I'm, I'm glad it landed where it did, because it's nice to have songs like that, too, that are not aren't as, you know, at your throat. Yeah, lyric. No, I like it because I, I was maybe I think the line that threw me was the is there anything at all that i missed and i was thinking i think i know you're kind of i think i know what you're saying just separating kind of the wheat from the chaff in a way you know who are your friends who aren't your friends i was like maybe it's about the music industry because he's kind of saying like oh you know i never thought about it that way but yeah i actually to to me so you're wait a minute so you're thinking about it is there anything at all that i missed is like is there do i miss anything about this person or no that's what just sort of like it's, I guess it's a political in a way that I've kind of always thought the industry, not that I'm that far involved in the industry, but just that they'll tell you what you want to hear, but they really aren't there to help you. They just want to make money. And yeah, so, well, that's everything. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. yeah. So. But, well, no, the, the, the music industry, yes, it's, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of good people, a lot of really, really genuine people, but there are also like anywhere else in the world, a lot of, you know, I don't want to say bad people, just people there maybe for the wrong reasons they they they, they don't even belong they just like want the the action the, the likes of that I don't, I don't think they'd be here for the money because it's a it's a it's a grind of a business but right. uh, uh <laughs> yeah 
So, so, but yeah, for, for me, it was really that line. I mean, I hate to give away what I'm thinking, but it's, it's, uh, is there anything at all that I miss? It's like reading someone, uh, you know, a line, a, a, an item list of things, you know, this, 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 and this. And is there anything I left off that list? Cause mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a good reason to not be, uh, yeah. hanging out with you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mentioned the bass and drums, but then there's the guitar solo, the, yeah the bridge there that's of course pretty killer there kevin kevin did a great job he he in fact aside from the riff he played most of the guitars on the song he played most of the guitars in the album even if if it's my part and i come up with it whatever which is pretty much all my parts i do he'll replay them and sometimes i come up with his parts and he play but he's just a better guitarist than i am and frankly it's 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 easier for me because then i can step back and really be be the, the main producer I'm I'm because that's that's my role, you know, lead singing and being the person who's leading the way in the production side. And so when he's playing, I can be like, no, let's change the part here. I'll reflect and I'll go to him. Hey, Kevin, how about we do it like this instead? And he'll do it. And then he'll fire back at me. Well, if, Peter, if you're if you're gonna play your guitar like part like that, like for this is a great song, actually. So for those, if we get a little guitar geeky here for a minute, uh, the original riff I was playing with this typical power chord, which you're it's standard tuning and, and there's a certain way to play it. And Kevin was like, you're making it too hard on yourself. He said, do a drop, do a drop D tuning mm. and uh, play it like that. And, and it actually made it much sing much better. do those things nonstop and, and that's sometimes what takes us a while is because you're working the parts back and forth back and forth trading ideas and you you need you need to be patient to let that happen and allow yourself some time if you try to rush it and force it you you'll come up with something you, you may short short change the the song or the production mm -hmm. so lyrically you say it might be different than the rest of the album but musically is is that are we heading down the same vein that is looking forward to hearing the rest of it obviously yeah, yeah, same same vein, bigger rock songs. This is this is a you know definitely more of a rock album, and and some of it is truly by design. I mean, because we were, you know, in this sort of middle ground where where with you know we're not a light rock, we're not a, like a, a an Americana light band, uh, but we're not we we have trouble we, we like we'll never compete with active rock, which is that you know grinding, I don't you know. Uh, I don't even want to mention band names, but I'm sure folks will know. So, but 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 at least now we hang with those in a, in a on a in our own way, and so it opens up more avenues for us. And we're still true to ourselves because that's it's stuff that we love, you know, playing and creating. We we just wanted to go there anyway. It's frankly because it works better live. Mm. You know, it's it's and and it and it delivers the message we want to deliver better. It's just it's just it's coming out of us. So it's 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 not necessarily that we manufactured it. It's just that we we pushed ourselves to curate this out of ourselves. It's it's actually relieving. 
you know, when you start getting it the way you really want it and, and you have to let go. Cause a lot of that was me letting go and making, allowing us to be a harder band. Well, you said live, so you're going to be touring, I hope. That's the plan. I mean, we have our folks working on it right now. They're penciled, they've penciled in a bunch of dates. We, we, there's still a chance we'll go out in, in late March. Yeah, we expect to be out by late spring, early summer, and, and hopefully we just cruise through the rest of the year. So that that is the plan right now. Yeah, well, hopefully you're coming east. Oh, if we do, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be a, a full U.S. tour, oh, at least. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, a series of them. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll catch up when the album comes out. We'll, we'll learn more about the rest of the songs. And Peter, I want to thank you so much for your time. As always, it's a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Rob. I, I thank you as always. You know, it's always, you know, great to talk to you and catch up. Well, my thanks again to Peter for joining me. Thank you for listening. Go check them out. Sonsofsilver.com, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your music these days. Tell me this awesome song, great band, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned. I'm not quite sure when I'll be back, but I will be back. So stay tuned. See ya.